0: You need to have a proven structure. You need to know how to open up the truth. And you need to know how to articulate your strategy and your solution if it is the right fit for the client. And that is not simply just, hey, Nikki, I love you, man. Hey, man, let's go ahead and kumbaya. Let's go ahead and do some ayahuasca, buddy. You have to have a strategy. And it needs to work. And it needs to open up the truth. And it needs to let them experience the consequences if they don't solve it. So you have to have a structure and a system. Uh, just caring is only a big part of it. But from a basis of foundation of caring and really caring, you now need a structure and a system that allows you to transmute that, that caring in a way that comes across as authentic, powerful, and elicits the truth.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. And boy, do we have an incredible out of this world episode lined up for you today. My guest today is my personal mentor. A man I look up to, a man who is like a fabulous older brother to me. He is the thought leader's thought leader. He worked with the number one transformational company in the world. In his department in under five years, there was an additional $20 million added to the business. Working with other departments in this company, he brought his servant's heart, his giving heart and help them add an extra 50 million dollars to their top and bottom lines. He's worked with thousands of businesses. He's a man who's helped take people from tragic to magic in the entrepreneurial field. He's personally made over 500 business development calls. He's been on over 10,000 appointments. He is the number one servant-based, heart-based sales expert on the planet, bar none. I'm speaking of the one, the only, the legendary Mark Von Muser. Welcome
0: to the show, Mark. Oh, thank you. What an introduction. That's awesome. They say, Mark, that I'm the
1: greatest introducer in the business. So, what can I say? (laughs) Blowing my own horn here, but I love to introduce great people. I'm fortunate to have a great guest like you. Mark, you've been on the show before. In fact, you are our number one repeat guest of all time. So, people have a sense of who you are who are regular, longtime, loyal listeners. But there's a particular reason you're on the show. Number one, you're going to be in Toronto in June for our Q3 Immersion. You're going to bring the magic of the California magician, Mark Von Musser himself, to the Canadian marketplace to teach people how they can get to the next level. I want you to talk to people about a little bit about your story, a little bit about how you got to where... you are today, but in particular related to how you believe this can help our listener listening to this, come and see you live and in person and take what you're going to give them and rocket fuel their business for the rest of 2018.
0: Oh, great, great premise and question. So the thing that I would say about why number one is you don't need to, It's to sound counterintuitive. So, you know, don't come stay where you are. That's really, you know, part of it. So let's think about if you're happy where you are, you're massively enrolling the right people, you're massively getting the income that you've always dreamed, then then keep doing what you're doing. So I'm nobody's judge or jury. And I always, you know, thought that. But generally, what I've noticed is that when you find people who realize it's not just the sales and enrollments you're getting, it's the ones you're missing. And if you don't hack the ability to enroll your ideal clients, you will struggle in business, period. So for those people that choose to come, we can absolutely liberate and give you strategies that work. They work massively well. They work incredibly well and they feel good. And you will, you can do that. Even if you hate selling, even if you've never done selling, you will be out enrolling high pressure closers within one to three months. So that's the sort of thing too. But you know, I get this all the time, Nikki, where the sales guys that come in and go, well, what do you have? I, I, I studied with this mega alpha closer guy. And I'm like, cool. How's that working for you? If you're happy with a six to 8% enrollment and you're happy with a 30 to 40% cancellation rate, you're happy working 80 hours a week. Don't change anything. And your cup is so full. You're not really ready for what I talk about anyway. So let's just part friends and you keep doing what you're doing. If you want to find out how to take that the 80 hours a week and cut it into 40. And instead of getting 8%, you're now getting 20, 30, 40, 50%, then we should talk. So, and how did I get there is the second part of your answer. I've always looked at sales for a couple of great things. Number one is that a lot and most of the top CEOs started at some level of sales. Because if you're not getting sales, you have a hobby, you don't have a business. And I was intrigued to understand the why behind it. Yes, you can pressure people and get a sale, but it didn't feel good. So for the last, God, I'm getting old, I'd have to think, but let me think, maybe 35 years, almost 40 years, I have been studying why do people say yes? What is the most effective, efficient way to get those yeses? And when they say no, why are they saying no and still allow you to learn and grow And so the courses I've taken, the testing I've done, it was all around that is what is the code for influence and getting the enrollments, but not just enrollments for the sake of a sale, but getting the right people. Over the last 35 years, I found that getting a sale is the easy part. Getting the ideal sale and the ideal clients is the key. Because if you compromise on this and you start bringing in people that are toxic, people that are coming in to steal your stuff, coming in to complain, they will suck your bandwidth and your energy. So, we're going to cover that a lot too. So, that would be the first two points that I would think that jump out.
1: Those are fabulous points, Mark. Those are fabulous points. Mark, one of the things that I truly admire about you is you give a darn about people, you know, you, you're not the, the fuller brush salesman. You're not the slimy sales guy. And, and, and you actually hate that way of selling. You, yeah. you help people look at sales as an act of authentic love and service. That's right. And in our industry, there are far too many people who are afraid to sell. They, they look down their noses at selling. They actually resent promoting. I was reading some thought leadership from T. Harvecker, and he said that the rich look forward to and embrace opportunities to promote themselves. The poor resent it, look down on it and talk badly about it. Why do you feel that is? And why has it been such a mission for you to change the frame on selling, change the frame on promoting to service and to love?
0: Well, it's a great, great question. It's a bigger question. That was part of it. Thank you. Stop selling. Yeah, stop selling and start serving people to their dream. And at the core of this, what we're talking about, I firmly believe that if done the way I'm talking about, selling is and should be a form of service and love. So let's dive deeper on that. Number one, if you're a business owner, do you really solve a problem? Do you, number two, even care? Are you really committed to doing your best to help them get the outcome they're hiring you for? Now, if that is true, I believe that you have a somewhat of a moral obligation to do everything you can to help end suffering and serve people past their fear to their outcome and solve that problem. And that's the way that I look at this process. Because the reason people have such an icky feeling is that is not how it's done now. Number one, they're selling features and benefits. Number two, it's about the salesperson and the company. We just want our sales. Many companies that train this, they talk to you. They don't even talk about selling houses. They call them transactions. Yeah, that's right. Commission breath. That's right. They don't look at you as a human being. They look at you as a commission check. How freaking horrible is that? And what I've noticed over the years in the sales industry, what they exemplify and glorify is the wolf on Wall Street, is the fast-talking, high-pressure car sales who only told you about 5% of the truth, and now he's on stage everywhere saying how big of a deal he is. If they only knew how he treated people, they wouldn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. And what happens, though, is that when you have a bunch of associations to the high-pressure, slimy, lying, uncaring salesperson, no wonder people want no part of it. I applaud them for not wanting to be a part of it. But that was part of what I researched and looked at was, is that the only way? No, but it's the only way that was currently being presented. What do I mean by that? Let's just say there is a very famous high pressure salesperson out there. And he's the one that people think of. And he has a room with a thousand people in that room. He used his personal power. He pressured people. He got them there. He had his team of alpha closers get people in the room. And those guys all of a sudden tell people, you need to stand like a man. You need to beat them up. Don't take their shit. Someone gets sold on every call. You need to be a man. Are you a man or a mouse? And they they re-emphasize this BS, alpha, inauthentic alpha bullshit. And then out of that room of a thousand people, they're going to get about 10 to 20 guys who are so hungry, who are so morally compromised that these guys are going to go out and they're going to hit the pavement. They're going to have thick skin like a rhino. They're going to get out there and just do the freaking work. They will work 12 hours a day. And guess what? In six months, they're going to come back And those, those 10 to 20 guys out of a thousand are going to be put up on stage and show what men they are or, or alpha females. And they're going to perpetuate that myth. Now let's look at the other 990, because if you're one of those 10 type of inauthentic alpha males who you think you need to have the, the mega suit and you need to use that intimidating stuff, I'm not talking to you, keep doing what you're doing. I'm talking to the 990 who knows there's got to be a better way who feel that that type of inauthentic bullshit approach needs to be a thing of the past. I'm talking to the 990 as go, how do I want to be treated? I want to have a conversation with an expert who actually cares about me and my family. I want to have an intellectual conversation with somebody who actually knows what they do and whether or not it's a fit. Not a preordained determination that everybody's a buyer. Everybody's going to buy my program. So I started to look at it a different way, and I started noticing that when I started talking, that the 990 who felt like a loser because they weren't going to go beat people up like those 10 or 20, I found that that actually is closer to humanity because they just want to help. And there were no training programs out for those people. So that's what I started noticing. Now, here's the best part. I noticed if you take the approach that we're talking about that I've been training people on that I've used at other companies and I'm teaching, what we're taking is good quality people who don't want to be slick and uh, icky, who don't want to do high pressure, they are out enrolling those high pressure closers by a sum of about 300%. They're not getting eight out of 100, they're getting 40 out of 100, but there's more. They're getting 40 out of a hundred, but what's different is they also have about 80, 90 or 95% are staying in means their cancellations are almost nothing. And what you don't know is those high pressure people, the high pressure group has a 30 to 50% cancellation rate, but no one wants to talk about that either. Nobody wants to talk about the side effects of the high pressure. If you're a high pressure closer why this here are some of the side effects why do you think so many high pressure closers have alcohol problems
1: because they feel terrible about what they're doing at the level
0: of their soul that is correct how many of those people get into drugs and do it we've seen it in the movies do you think it's a coincidence no, because they know it's wrong. It doesn't feel good. They know they're lying to people. They know they're bullying people and that doesn't feel good. So at the human condition, it is toxic and you have a choice. You either stop doing it or you go ahead and you cover it up with drugs and alcohol or you just don't look in the mirror. And that's exactly it. They have incredibly high divorce rates. They have incredibly high unsatisfaction. But boy, they got a car. Look at how yep. cool they are. Look at that alpha suit. They're closers. And what's ironic is the people, if they only knew there was a better way. So that's my mission. I'm talking to the 990 who want to do it from a place of authentic service, who want a, a return, which means that it's the best part of your day. It feels good. You love doing it. You can't wait. And you have the skill on the back end to deliver to the client. That's what we do.
1: That's absolutely brilliant. And that's really, really important for people to understand. But Mark, you're also somebody who makes no bones about the fact that people do need to embrace selling. And they can't pretend that they're gonna be one of these conscious, enlightened, thought leader types who are going to go and join a conscious men's group or a conscious women's group of entrepreneurs. And they're all going to say how wonderful they are. And they're going to talk about how amazing things are and get zero results. We can't have that. That's not living in reality. That's living in la-la land. We're all good capitalists here, right? We do live in a free market
0: capitalist system. Well, that's it. If you don't know how to sell with integrity, you don't have an effective business. You have a hobby. And so there comes a point where you need to go ahead and have a proven strategy that works, that feels good, that is getting results, that is something you can replicate, that you can do, and that you can train. And if your strategy, let's say you're a heart-driven entrepreneur, you're part of that 990 who actually care and then you try and go link up with one of those high-pressure guys who were teaching you how to bully and how to do that stuff. It doesn't feel good. There is a gap. You've got an authentic person who is using an inauthentic approach. That's like taking a diesel engine and trying to pump gasoline. It is only a matter of time till that engine is destroyed.
1: Yeah, it's going to blow up.
0: That's right. And so the thing about it is I started to look. The reason people – have such negative associations. They have thousands of references with high pressure selling the way it's taught. And the only way it was taught was if you interviewed hundred people about selling, the number one thing you heard is icky, pressured, disgusting, slimy, horrible. These are terms that, that buyers and other people, business owners associate and feel about sales because it's so icky. And at your core, if you have an just a little bit of integrity, you're going to feel that. And one of the things that I looked at was what if it wasn't selling? What if we created a new truth? And instead of selling, we started looking at it as serving. If we started, stop being a closer and we started looking to be an advocate. Let's look at that. If I'm looking as a closer, same thing. You ask people about closer other than the 10 out of a 1000 that think it's really cool because it sounds like cool. Look at me, I can close. I'm a I'm the man. I don't care about my client. I'm the I'm the closer. But how do you feel about an advocate?
1: Advocates are dinner? good. We love advocates. Yeah.
0: Yeah, advocates will stand in the in the in the space to help. Advocates are are um, trustworthy. Advocates are experts in their field. Advocates will go the distance. That's who people want to work with. Doesn't mean an advocate has to do it for free. And so the shift I started to make was: what if we start looking at this entire paradigm differently? And that's where I started coming up with. And now it's funny because I see these high pressure guys are all copying my language, which was stop selling and start serving. And just saying those words is not enough. The buyer will still feel the difference that you don't give a shit. And what happens, though, is that at your core, your intention, are you there to serve and add value? Are you there to solve the problem and help them get to the truth and help them make the decision? Or are you giving just about your closing percentage? Is it just about you and your ego? And the people, you can't fake this. The buyer of today is too sophisticated and karmically, they're too sophisticated. So I started looking at this as a form of service and a form of advocacy, and that felt good. That now allowed me to get up and pick up the phone and make another call. That now allowed me to go ahead and refine this to a point where we could train it to people who despised selling, but they love being an advocate, and there's nothing wrong with getting rich being someone's advocate because you're solving major problems. And if you don't solve a problem, my question is, why do you have a business? Because no, that, that, at the end of the day, is what we do.
1: At the end of the day, it, it is what we do.
0: I, it, it,
1: it's just, I want to come back to this point, though, of, of, of the other end of the spectrum from the slimy salesman to these so-called conscious uh, leaders who pretend they can help people without actually teaching them how to serve, how to sell from yeah, a space. You just can't of heart- do that.
0: It's impossible. And I, this I, is not rainbows, lollipops, and unicorns. You cannot sit here, guys. I love to say it's true, but you can't, you need to have a proven structure. You need to know how to open up the truth and you need to know how to articulate your strategy and your solution. If it is the right fit for the client. And that is not simply just, hey, Nikki, I love you, man. Hey, man, let's go ahead and kumbaya. Let's go ahead and do some ayahuasca, buddy. You have to have a strategy and it needs to work and it needs to open up the truth and it needs to let them experience the consequences if they don't solve it. So you have to have a structure and a system. Uh, just caring is only a big part of it, but from a basis of foundation of caring and really caring, you now need a structure and a system that allows you to transmute that that caring in a way that comes across as authentic, powerful, and elicits
1: the truth. That's brilliantly said, Mark. I 100% agree with that. And the frustration for me, I think, is, is, is this, that I can't stand it when I run into People that I'm looking to serve and to help. And they tell me stories about these slime balls who more or less tricked them into buying their program and delivered nothing. And I also hate it when I hear from somebody that you know what, Nikki, I'm gonna join this conscious, heart-based selling academy. And I, I I know for a fact that as lovely as those people's words are, they're not gonna yeah. deliver the goods. They're not gonna help these people get off that plateau they're on and get to the next level of business and sales success. That's it right. just, it it just, it just has to be a, a beautiful blend of coming from your heart and love and service and being real that this is after all a business and you do need to solve real problems for real people and you need to help them understand what those problems are at the deepest level and what the consequences of not yeah. solving those problems are because Too many people, Mark, don't allow themselves to feel the consequence of not solving their problems. I've been talking to people. I talked to a man the other week. He's a former professional football player. He went through a horrific divorce. Because of that divorce, he just didn't have money. I mean, he, he lived in a basement and all that stuff. And then he got a judgment put against him to, that he has to pay a certain amount of money to his ex. He's getting further and further behind on the money he owes because he doesn't make enough money to get there. And this man badly needs help, yet he's living in a kumbaya land of how the money's gonna come to him. And I, and, I, and I served him and I helped him feel his pain. And to a certain extent, I served the man, but at the end of the day, he he was unable to get past his fear to get out there and get resourceful enough to make it happen for himself. And it was a sad thing for me, you know, but at the end of the day, I can't want it for someone more than
0: they want it for themselves. No question. And it it breaks my heart because again, and I loved part of the principles that they talked about in The Secret. Sadly, they edited out some of the key most important parts, which was intelligent action. And there's only one little snippet left in there that was uh, Jack Canfield who had mentioned every day he took three to five action steps. And you can't, it is not enough to bliss out on the couch and wait for the rainbows and the lollipops and the leprechauns and all that to show up. It's not going to happen. And there is a a blend where you need to have a strategy. And I believe too, if you're a quality human being, you have an obligation to get off your butt and get out there and go serve people and help them make an offer and and do it because they need authentic help. And there are too many takers out there and not enough people giving and helping people pass their fear and solving those problems. So you're absolutely correct, Nikki. This is not enough to just sit back and think that it's going to be magically delicious. This is not freaking lucky charms. You have to really get after it and you need a structure and a system that's going to help you be effective when you you're in front of those people. You need to be effective. So you get to the truth. You need to be effective to find out who you can and can't help. You need to be effective in deciding whether or not this is your ideal client, whether they're going to do the work. And no one else is talking about that. Everyone else has had to box them in a corner. And that's just nonsense. That's the easiest and lowest form of selling. It's why it feels so icky for most people. You know, there's there's a lot, but mark my words, in the next three to five years, you're watching a lot of these guys that are now catching on. And all of a sudden, there are they're, they're discussions at very high levels at very big companies about, holy shit, why is this other company? And I'm going to say, why is, is this approach working so well? So what they're doing is they're co opting the words. They're co opting oh yeah, we're going to you know, serve them all and uh, stop selling, start serving. And then every word out of their mouth, every part of their being is close, 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 close. And then you'll hear other ones out there who realize that, wow, people are starting to wake up spiritually and care about their fellow man. Oh, oh weave that in. But it's, the act of doing spirituality instead of truly caring. And there is a significant Grand Canyon difference. And these people, I believe, karmically that are doing that are opening up a can of worms for themselves that is going to be really dark. If you want to go high pressure and go that route, great, do it and just get go accept everything that goes with it. But for the person who wants a better way, And to be fair, it's even easier for me to explain this and take somebody that has not enrolled anyone ever who hates it. I can get those people to um, high levels of enrolling faster than I can somebody who sold the old way for 10, 10, 20 years.
1: That makes sense. That makes complete and total sense. So Mark, one of the things that we're going to focus on at this event that you're going to be at in June is 10 secret ways that celebrity thought leaders have hacked adding a million to 10 million a year to their business while working 10 to 20 hours a week less. So I know one of them, mark that you and I have talked about is beware the charlatan marketer. Could you, could you, could you talk
0: a little bit about why that's important? Sure. And this is guys, this is getting back to, like I said, the leaders of tomorrow. And this could be business leaders, thought leaders, but the business leaders, the thought leaders of tomorrow will be the most aligned, the most congruent, the most authentic, and the most willing to serve their fellow man. So let's look at that and break that down. What you are seeing is you are seeing people out there that were big in, let's say, 2010. So Nikki, let me ask you, we are now in 2018. Is it a different internet marketing strategy? And what worked in 2010 online? Has that evolved?
1: Oh, no question, man. It, it evolves every six
0: months, it seems like. <laughs> that is correct. So, if we go back, somebody that happened to have a little bit of success, if, Nikki, let's go back a little further. Let's say you're back in 2005 and you got on this thing. I can't remember the year, but let's just say um, you're a realtor in Toronto and People are just figuring out AOL online. What's this internet thing? You know, the year 2000, the internet's going to crash because they didn't figure it out. So let's go back there. And you're the only realtor in Toronto that had a website or a web page. if we go back even further. Is it possible you could have used that as the only one in all of Toronto and generated a lot of business?
1: 1,000%, brother, man.
0: So that's what happened with a lot of the people with blogging. When blogging first came out, the guys that got out in front were able to benefit from the first in in the market space. Now, something happens when all of a sudden blogging stops working. When a hundred million people are blogging, did it lose effectiveness? Yes. No question. And then all of a sudden somebody came up with affiliates. Hey, promote my stuff and I'll promote yours. And that worked for the first few guys. Yep. And that works for, let's say one to three years. It's accelerated business cycles on the internet. Then- somebody decided to do launches with affiliates. Then that worked for a little bit. But what's happened is the guy that 10 years ago made money with a website. I remember the first time I saw this was somebody who made money on MySpace. Great, I was really, that's awesome. I wish I had done it. And he made money on MySpace. When MySpace went upside down, all he did was change his marketing and say, now here's how you make money on Facebook. And he made it. He did that. But the the clients weren't getting results. He was using something that worked three years ago and now presenting it as if he's a leader today. That same process is why we have so many Charlotte marketers. That's the first part. So they made money back in blogging. They never upgraded their skill. And now they're doing something else. They made money back then and projecting it to you like, look at me, I have a Ferrari and you feel like a loser because you're doing what they're telling you, and they're now making money because you gave them a lot of money for the program, and what they told you to do doesn't work, and you feel like a loser, and it's not. It's just that they are not teaching you how they're making money today, and that's the first way that Charlotte marketing happened. That's the first one. The second one is this. They go ahead and and hire somebody. They join one of these low-ticket programs, and then they carbon copy it, they put their photo in there, they copy it verbatim. And now all of a sudden they have no proof. They've helped nobody. They use other people's testimonials. They have a bunch of bullshit and now they jump out there and now they start running ads and they project themselves. So then you hire that guy and guess what? He's doing a copy of a copy of a copy. You apply it and you go broke. And you wonder, and again, now you feel like a complete loser because look at that 27 year old kid. He has a Ferrari and I can't even make it, get one client online.
1: Yeah. I think I know the 27 year old kid you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And all of a sudden you start feeling like a loser and you don't know the real deal. I cannot tell you how many people have come to us and come to me for help. And then I see what they're projecting and I just blast them. I say, you have no right standing in front of anybody with the mental shit that you're dealing with every single day. These people are mentally collapsing daily. And I mean, sobbing for three hours because they feel like an imposter and a loser. And they don't know it. And they're projecting themselves as Facebook ad experts, as coaching experts, and they can't even manage their own mindset. And they go ahead and they're melting down. And then I'll watch a Facebook live from these people going, you need to manage your mindset. You need to be like me. You need to just be a man or you need to be a woman and look at my flow and all this stupid crap. And. What happens, I just they can, they're they entitled to their own path. But what my concern is, is that caring person on the back end who gave that person that inauthentic bullshit, gave them 5,000, another 10,000 over here, another 2,000 over here. And at the end of the day, that quality human being who trusted those Charlotte marketers, they're 10 to 100 grand in debt and their families are still not being taken care of and their message is still not heard. It is massively bad karma for those people that are going to sacrifice their integrity for a couple shillings. And it's really uncool to the quality people that care who really just want some authentic help.
1: No, that's, that that's brilliant, Mark. That's absolutely brilliant. You know, a, a, another one of the top 10 secrets of how to hack adding an extra million to 10 million to your business is about the importance, Mark, of, being resourceful, no of question. being somebody who treats this as a business and not a hobby. You know what the business people I know and I, and that I've worked with—they're not afraid to take on debt to invest. You know, and Robin Sharma—I did his Titan Summit in uh, December 2015. He said something which has stayed with me since then, and I've embraced it fully. He said, "If you want to double your income." triple your investment in personal and professional development yet i run into so many people no who, when they, they they run into a five or ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar price tag to invest in a program a proven program to help them move forward with their business they get cold feet they go oh my god i can't afford it i don't have it my dog seance with my great grandfather seance with my ancestors from roman times before i can give you an answer and it, it, it it's absolutely insane Why do so many people, why do so many people look at this as, as like an expense, like buying a, you know, a dress or a fur coat versus an investment, which is intended to earn the money mark. Let's talk about this.
0: There are three main reasons. Number one is they've never been trained on the differences between debt. They don't know what the difference is. They don't know how to make debt work for them. And if you're ignorant to the use of debt and wealth, you will never be wealthy. Uh, That's worth repeating, Mark.
1: That's so powerful. I think you should say that again. Sure.
0: Most people have not been trained on debt and the intelligent use of debt to create wealth. And if you're ignorant to how to make debt work for you, it will work against you and it will be a financial prison. And they don't teach this in college. They don't teach it, uh, whatever. So most people have so much association to debt and mistakenly connecting those dots. They're just petrified and they're so far upside down, they they don't know how to get out. The second thing is that, and I want to qualify this, they, most people have dabbled and they've invested in some that are the charlatan marketers. So there's another additional resources, kind of like I went to McDonald's, I got food poisoning, so I, I don't eat ever again. And those type of associations are like, well, just stop eating at McDonald's. Nobody that understands restaurants is going to confuse McDonald's with a quality meal. but, But without training, you're going to not understand the difference. And that's the sort of thing that they do it. You're taught how to get a job. You're taught how to go ahead and survive. You're not taught how to become hyper wealthy and ignorance to understanding debt. So let's break it down. There are two types of debt. And I don't care if you're listening to Dave Ramsey, John Kamuda, or any of the experts in debt. They will get into this in the higher levels. There are two types. Donald Trump, uh, Warren Buffett, Ted Turner. Take your pick. The more they are wealthy, the more they understand this at insane levels. Now, the average consumer does not understand it. And they're confusing. There are two types of debt. Write this down. Number one is consumer debt. Consumer debt. Will make you a financial slave and it will keep you keep you as an indentured servant until the day you die. And then you have investment debt. There are two types. Consumer debt satisfies you in the short term. It feels good. It's a meal that you maybe can't afford. It's a dress that maybe feels good and you'll look good. It's lipstick you might feel because your life isn't what it wants and you feel a little better. It's a trip that you took so that you could post it on social media. And the next thing you know, you've got $10,000, dollars 30000 of debt. Now, there's a problem with that. If you do the research on it and you got a $1,000 dress half price and you bought that $1,000 dress that the movie Star wore and now you wore it and you tell all your friends, this is what JLo wore and it's a 1000 bucks, but you got it on deal and you saved $500. Not really. If you borrow $10,000 from a bank and you make the minimums, which is what most people do, take a guess what the payout years is to pay that back. Like 40? Yeah. Some, it depends on the rate, but generally on average, it's 21 to 27 and a half years average. Wow. Now, not only that, But depending on the interest rate and a few other things, for every $1,000 that you borrow, and here's how I learned this. This is where I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I was working with an attorney, amazing guy that was helping me get credit cards. He was teaching credit, credit repair back before anybody knew. This was in 84, maybe 83, 84. And he had some really great strategies. And before you knew it, I had 42 credit cards. Okay. I had an amazing credit line. I mean, you know, this was back when, you know, get your credit cards and you can buy a property, flip it, pay it off and become rich. I mean, that's what they were teaching. So I get this credit card and here's the strategy you borrow $4,000 from the card, put it back in the bank, make auto payments and you pay it back, right? At the end of a year, you're going to have, you borrow 4000 you pay back $800, which was 20% interest. And now I boosted my credit score. Does that make sense? Yep. So here's what I did. I get a credit card for Wells Fargo, 4,000 bucks. I get the card. I go down to my Wells Fargo account, which I had an account. I said, here's 4,000. I want to do a $4,000 cash advance. They give me 4,000. I give it right back to them. I say, please deposit this in my account and deduct auto pay $400 a month. And I forgot about it. Okay. Now, did that make sense? I pay back $400 a month. In one year, I pay back $4,800 on a $4,000 loan. Does that make sense? Yep. Then at the end of the year, I kept getting these annoying messages. My interest rate said 19%, 19. 19.9%. And I keep getting these annoying that I was still owed him four grand. I'm like, you guys are freaking high. So finally, I get him on the phone is I'm going to let him know because now I got 42 cards and I got this amazing credit score, right? And I go, I go, I keep getting these, these annoying things that say, I still owe 4,000 bucks. I gave you the money back. It's in your account. You got to relend on it. I paid you $800 interest. I'm done. I paid you $4,800 on borrowing 4,000. They go, oh, well, let me look. So here's what I didn't know. The way that they do credit cards out of a $400 payment, take a guess how much of it went to interest and how much of it went to the other one.
1: 398 to interest.
0: Yep. Just about. It was $396 or so went to interest. Mm -hmm. And $4 or so, $4 to $12, somewhere in that range was going to to my principal.
1: It's the greatest scam in the world, legal scam. It
0: is. And guess who wrote it? Guess who structured it? The bankers. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, this is crap. So then I start looking at if I had made the minimums and I was paying $400 a month, But if I had paid the minimums, I would have never gotten out. That's why so many people find themselves so far upside down, they can't even see zero. And it's really hard. And back then they had different ways to get out of it. But the American consumer does not understand it. And next thing you know, they got a dress, they got a couple meals, they got a couple pairs of shoes, they even got a car they can't afford. And now all of a sudden they're done. They cannot make enough money. So then when an investment debt comes along, All of a sudden, they're like, oh, shit, it's expensive, which is not really true. Benjamin Franklin said, if you empty the pennies of your purse into your mind, it will fill your purse with dollars forevermore. And what happens is that the wealthy don't look at short-term benefit. They look at long-term return on investment. So the way that if you guys want to start thinking as a millionaire, which is what you need to start, is you need to look at what is the return on this investment. And you just don't go cheap. The most expensive lesson is the one where ignorance was driving the ship. So if you're trying to wing it, if you're trying to YouTube it, if you're trying to go cheap or hire a a low ticket charlatan, that's expensive. Yeah, no, well said. Well said. If you invest, Nikki, what's more expensive? Giving somebody with a low-ticket offer $997 or $10,000. What's more expensive?
1: No, it, it's the low-ticket's way more expensive in the
0: long run. That's right. Because if the low-ticket offer doesn't give me a $10,000 return, that's expensive. If I invest $10,000 into a proven system from a real a real proven business that has fruit on the tree that's authentic. And that $10,000 yields $100,000. What was more expensive?
1: No, it was definitely was the low ticket. I'll tell you a story, Mark. You're going to like the story. So one of my best friends is a business owner and I offered to work with him for free, okay? He's one of my best friends. I've known him forever. He needed my help. So I offered to work with him for free. And I did work with him for free for about two and a half months before he quit. And I worked with a, a young man that you know by the name of Dan Nisker. And, um, um, you know, I worked with Dan Nisker. I helped him make over a million dollars. And Dan Nisker paid me over 100 grand for the privilege of making him a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Dan made $1.1 million last year, 1.01, excuse me, a uh, $1,010,530. This year, when we're recording this, we're near the end of March. He's made all, almost $450,000 so far this year. Um, and, uh, you know, Dan pays me a lot to coach him. My friend who I worked with for free, quote unquote, his business has grown 2% during Mm -hmm. the same time that Dan's business went from 18,000 to a run rate of 2.2 million for this year. So, you know, who did I really do a favor to?
0: Exactly. And then the other one, even though it was your friend, that's the one of the myths that doing stuff like pro bono and doing it cheap does not serve the client because you're not giving them enough leverage and skin in the game to show up and do the work. And if that person had paid you, and again, you also structured it with Dan. So a bunch of it came as you proved to it, which was also a great strategy that you used. So you, you know, as Dan became more and more successful, then on the back end, when you got him to a million, there was a bonus for you too. But he had skin in the game up front. And he, he was coachable, he did the work, and he, he just what's so great about Dan was he's like what next? What he next? Is. And if, if he didn't coachable. have if, if he didn't know what to do, he'd get clarity and he just kept executing. And I love Dan, but he was not saddled with a bunch of letters after his name and a bunch of this bullshit stuff that everybody gets hung up on like oh I went to the most famous college and you know I did this and my these guys deal even me, Nikki people don't realize you've got an you know essentially an MBA I know it's a different but a master's degree in international business you've been trained formally too and most of the people that are trained formally still don't turn up big incomes
1: no I, I, I'm, an, I'm, I'm an Ivy League puke who graduated near the top of my class yeah uh, it's true and it means nothing <laughs> that's right You're,
0: the magic of what you've done didn't come between those ivory walls. It came from you getting on the streets and learning how to serve people and find out what works today. And so as we tie it back though, you've made investments and now you're paying those forward because again, you've always looked at you and this is something that you've done, which is why you're having this success. You don't look at it. What's the cost. You look at what's the return on investment. And then you find a way to get the investment. And it's like, that's the difference you're looking at. Okay. And then you do your homework and your due diligence. Is this person I'm investing in? Are they gonna serve me? Are they gonna, you know, help? Or do they really deliver? And when you do that and you get beyond thinking cheap, because consumer debt is the thought process of cheap. I it saved, is. I saved $50 on a hundred dollars. No, you didn't. You're gonna pay back three grand by the time you're done paying that off. So you didn't save anything. And the investment in the wealth mindset. And understanding debt will allow people to bypass that and create plans and start working with people who can help you get not only out of debt, but become abundant and wealthy. And it's a different thought process. It's a different strategy. And you just can't keep doing what everyone's doing that's broke. No, you can't. You can't. You can't.
1: Well, Mark, I know that I'm excited that you're going to be joining us and we... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. We wrap up these calls by asking you, our guests, to give your three expert action steps. And I know we want to tie it to the theme of don't do it alone because far too many people are doing it alone. And that's a big reason why they're failing. So if you could tie tie it to the theme of don't do it alone. And then let's talk about, you know, how important it is for people to join you in June at the immersion here in Toronto with us. And then we'll wrap up.
0: Sure. And guys, this is actually very simple. Number one, you need to get brutally honest. This is not from a place of judgment. This is not money makes the man. This is not that you're not enough. This is from a fact of the power of being brutally honest. Look at your life, look at your bank account, look at your business. Does it match your highest dream? You have to look at it. You have to look at it and get brutally honest and look at the fruit on your tree. Is it abundance with mangoes? Did you want to plant mangoes or is yours look like a little apple tree with no fruit? So number one is you have to get brutally honest. You have to look and see, is it working? That saying, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So look in the mirror, look in the bank account, look at your lifestyle and tell yourself, is this exactly what you dreamed of at your highest form? And if the answer is no, then we go to number two, decide. You need to decide what are you willing to go after with everything you are? What do you really want? And guys, this is from a guy, I, I am not driven by money.
1: It's true. You're not. It's crazy, but it's true.
0: (laughs) I don't even see my checks. They go straight into the thing and I don't know what. And it's like, the minute I started focusing on serving, the money was a done deal. And the next thing you know, it's like, holy shit. I mean, when I look at times, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But it doesn't get me up in the morning and it doesn't what I focus on. I know and I know how to create massive wealth. I know how to manifest amazing things out of the unseen. But it all comes from when you get brutally honest if you don't believe there's a problem, you will not buy any solution. You'll continue to dabble. You will continue to do cheap. You'll continue to look for convenience. You'll continue to look for an easy path and you will never have it. That's just the flat out truth. That's from a guy who has got to study and analyze billionaires, multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires and unemployed and homeless people. Thousands of them. And Nikki, you know how many people I've worked with. Yep. And so that's the first thing is get brutally honest. And it's not from a place, guys, of of suffering or shame. It's come from honesty to decide you deserve whatever the hell you want. Is it is your life looking and reflecting that truth? And if not, then you go decide what do you really want? Do you want to have a house on the lake? Do you want to be debt free? Do you want to wake up every day where you look at your group on Facebook or you look at your group in your, your website or whatever, and you see hundreds or thousands of people saying, oh my God, Nikki changed my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to go on stage and see 10,000 people or 5,000 people standing, screaming, saying, thank you. Thank you. Because you touched me and changed my life do you want that person who was living in shame and suffering and uh, had been sexually abused or was in a horrible space and you were the one who reached your hand of love down and pulled them out of their quicksand of suffering if you want that life and you want to be paid then you have to start declaring it you have to decide what are you really about and then three you need to commit you need to decide you cannot keep doing what you're doing. You have to have a new decision. You would then need to surround yourself and commit to get the help and the team that you need to get you there as well. That's the hack. You can, life moves too fast, certainly on the internet to try and learn from your own mistakes. One of the most powerful hacks is to get around people that like what we're talking about so that, that you can get the help, the support, the conditioning, the outside perspective, And get tools and strategies that are going to help you pull the best part out of you so that you can earn what you're worth and your dream of your life should be what you experience every day. Those would be the three things because until you decide there's a huge problem, you aren't going to take any new action. Until you choose what you want. If you just want to make eight bucks an hour, then go to freaking Starbucks. Get to be a barista. But if you want to be a thought leader, you want to go ahead and have impact and have influence and have the lifestyle that comes on the other side, then you need to get around people that can help you do that. So that's what I would say. And guys, the power of choice and commitment is what separates humankind from every animal on the planet. When you commit and you choose your decision, it's in that moment that your divine purpose will start to show up. Until that commitment is all in, you will only see glimpses of it. So those would be the three things.
1: Mark, that's amazing. Mark, I know you don't do a lot of uh, live in-person speaking. I mean, your your schedule is one of the most packed I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I know that you do this with your friend Rastrofino for some of his great events, and you do this for us, and I think that's about it. So the opportunity to be with you, to be with, honestly, the man who mentors me, a, a, a legend in this industry in terms of helping you feel your heart and feel that it's possible for you. The greatest guide, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of our industry, Mark Von Muster himself, is gonna be in Toronto June 27th, 28th, 29th at the E Circle Academy, Q3 immersion. This is this is a a thing that doesn't happen very often. This is an opportunity to be in the same room to breathe the same air as Mark von Muser, to get trained by him live. And and you'll even have an opportunity to be at a VIP luncheon with Mark during this, get to spend some time one-on-one with him, speak to him, learn from him, have your your questions answered. You are you who you hang around it matters a lot hashtag# don't do it alone in 2018. That's super, super important. If you think that you want to take your business to the next level, if you're stuck or if you're burning yourself out and you want you want to take your business to the next level and work less, and you think that you're somebody who'd be a good fit inside this community. you're somebody who would be a special member of a powerfully curated group, go to eCircle Academy. Dot com forward slash appointment, request a meeting with myself or one of the members of my team. You know, fill out this incredible form. Tell us who you are. Tell us tell us why it makes sense for us to take you on and bring you in to be Part of this to be a part of this incredible training with Mark to help you take your life and your business to the next level and we'll be delighted to do that we'll be delighted to go through that with you jump on that call and make that happen for you mark it's an honor to have you on the podcast it's an honor to have you come into Toronto to serve the people that we want to serve the people that are here because they want to make a difference in the world they want to be who Steve Jobs called the dent makers in the universe. They're the people who want to make their dent in the universe. You're a man who does that in a big way and you help serve those who do. God bless you. Mark Von Muser. Thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. And Nikki, if there's one thing I would add at the end, and this, this comes up a lot too, because I get this a lot is why am I not out? And I'm not knocking the guys out there on stage and promoting, but to get close the loop about what you said about I'm out there. Generally, one of the things is I'm like the leopard. I'm in the background where my, the way that I fulfill my purpose is building an army of quality light workers who wanna make the world a better place. Mm. So I don't judge my success because it was standing in front of a group of five and 10,000, which I've done. That's not my value system. My value system is how many Nikki Baloo's can I liberate? How many quality Teresa's can I help? And helping people find their greatness and collectively side by side, we're we're gonna change the world for the better. And that is what I'm looking for is people that want that help because otherwise some of the other guys, it's not about you. It's about them getting more, more, a bigger jet. And it's all about them and their ego. For me, it's about finding the right, you know, light workers and warriors who want to step up to their power and, and do that and have impact and live their purpose. That's what juices me. And that's what I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about.
1: Thank you, Mark. That's amazing. And listen, that wraps up another exciting episode of the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. To find out more about the incredible Mark Von Muser, take a look at the show notes. Go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment to request a call with us so that you too can have an opportunity to be in the same room with Mark. Until next time, goodbye.